This is an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. Welcome to Sipping Tea, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at the most inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. It's me. And I get a smoke weed. It's a party, and I'll cry if I. I don't know much about that. I can sing. Um, I'm 35. It's May. Yes. It's gonna buy May. <laughs> That's it, all I can keep saying is like I'm 35 now. Or just it's already May. It's been May. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like a stalker. You know, like yeah. if it's you're thinking of May as <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> um, but so fun, so fun thing about uh the month of May. Yes, you've got the blessing that is Mita in your life. <laughs> you got May the Fourth be with you. Fuck them. You got Cinco de Mayo. Honestly, a hit. I love I love writing my birthday right into Cinco de Mayo because especially <laughs> in college, it was like I'm drunk. Let's keep drinking tequila. It was great. Yeah. Um, but then also you got Mother's Day. If you mm-hmm. like your mom, if you got a good relationship with your mother, it's a good day. If you don't have a good relationship with your mother, fuck her. Who cares? So <laughs> it's also Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, AAPI. Yes. And one thing people may or may not know about us is our friend group. You guys are chock full of Asians. <laughs> and they're all from Hawaii. They're all, so, yeah, our, our friend group. Um, is very it's very heavily kids who were born and raised in Hawaii. Yeah, and so it's a really weird perspective for the two of us being born and raised in Colorado, where it's like the people that you're closest to like literally came from an island. Well, and then <laughs> when we first met them, I'm sure we both had these conversations. They're like, "Yeah, I'm here in Colorado," and you're like, "But why?" No, so I knew it was different. <laughs> so for me, the college I went to for a brief while, was a sister school to the University of Hawaii. Yes. And so there actually is a very large population of these these poor kids from these beautiful islands just be coming into the worst part of Colorado. Greeley. Yeah, let's not lie. We went to the University of Northern Colorado. And uh, I remember, so I got weird questions, like freshman year. Okay. So some of my first, my earliest memories of, of the Hawaii kids moving to Colorado, they were like, why doesn't snow stick to the side of the car? Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that's, you know. And yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's gravity. But yeah. it's not anything I've ever thought about. Yeah. Because, like, snow was just a yearly occurrence in yeah. my life. Yeah. But for them, like, I remember freshman year of college, a couple of my friends from Hawaii, like, they would make snow angels. And it yeah. was, like, the lightest dusting of snow. You could still see the green mm-hmm. grass underneath it, you know. But they were so lit because it was, like, our first snow of the Aww. year, you know. Yeah. So it was just, it was, like, those are the experience. But it is, it is, a, it is, a, it is, it is lovely. I am a better person for it. Yes. I'm a master at chopsticks. Yes. I've been to the islands of Waikiki multiple times. And then, well, then when you went to Hawaii, your question was like, why does the ocean keep trying to take me? Why does the ocean want to take me home? And then I realized I was a Cancer Moon, Cancer Rising, and I was like, it's home. It's ho- yeah. The, the crab has it's to go gra- back. It's grabbing you and bringing you But home. I'm also, like, I'm a bull, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm hoofing my way back to the land. That's mm-hmm. where I'm trying to get. But then when you're clawing at rocks and then the sand goes with you, you just prepare for your death. That's all you can do. This actually <laughs> happened, but that's a story for another day. We'll do a mini a mini story time about how the ocean wants to take me to home. Yes. Um. But until until we can get to that conversation today, we're talking about AAPI. Yeah. And before we get to that, I want to play a game. I want to yeah. play a game. Playing games is my game. Yeah, it is. I've been singing a lot today, so I'll go first. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Andrew. C. Oh, I never I never read these. I just pick a question and block it out. So okay. this we're learning together. Okay. <laughs> Would okay. you rather clean rest stop toilets? Oh no. Or work in a slaughterhouse for a living? Yeah. They're both terrible. They're not good. Visually, emotionally, psychologically, 
I think I'd have to do a rest stop. Toilet. Okay. Okay. And I think it's because I can clean like nastiness mm-hmm. with gloves. I don't think I could do blood. Oh, okay. Or the murder. Yeah. Well, could murder a cow. I could. Yeah, if I had to. But I probably like. I literally would like if I if I were to do that, I probably would throw up because it's like bleeding. <laughs> I'd be like. Bleh. So is it the blood that would make you? Yeah. See, for me, it's the murder. It's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. It is a lot. It is it is quarts and yeah. probably gallons technically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the smell would be bad. See, for me, it's the it's the death. Oh, okay. I would cry at the death. But see, I eat animals, so like yeah, yeah. And I weirdly enough, like I'm one of those weird people that I'm like, man, if shit ever goes down, Andy, you're gonna have to kill some animals. See, and that's okay. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm at a point where it's like I could kill a fish. Yeah. I don't think I could kill like, a chicken yet. Zombie apocalypse. Exactly. I'm gonna have to murder a cow or a chicken. Right. We're gonna have to, to get hu- some We're protein. gonna have to hunt some like rabbits in exactly. the neighborhood. Exactly. And like I feel like maybe I could do small woodland creatures, but like if I had to like bow hunt an elk, yeah. I don't know if I could do it because it takes them so long to die. Yeah. And then I watch them suffer. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm right. I'm right there with you because I worked at a 7-Eleven for several mm-hmm. a moon. She's cleaned a rest stop toilet. We had PPE to clean the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like multiple gloves. I, I mean, there were chemicals. Couldn't pronounce what they were. But it was like you mix the blue with this amount of water and you were sterile. You're not having kids ever again. So it was nice. I felt protected. Yeah. And then you wash your hands and they're really dry. And then I would make a fresh pot of coffee and just like shakenly drink my water. Cause it was just, it was bad. Yeah. Those bathrooms were yeah. bad, especially in a college yeah. town. Yeah. The things I had to clean out of the sink on a Friday night. Gross. But I would do that over a slaughterhouse any day. You're yeah, right. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Haunted. All right. This one's an interesting one. Would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at any restaurants? I, I felt like this one would get you. I feel I, I picked two mm. very like tourist centered <laughs> questions. Because <for this laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, do you travel first class wherever you want? Yeah. But then when you get there, you got to pay for the food. Yeah. Or do you pay for the travel, but you get there, the food is free. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking Michelin star. I immediately went Michelin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about like the food, like the food trucks in Vietnam. I'm only going to like the Brown Palace for dinner. It's like that or the Michelin starred food trucks in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would say because it's more expensive, I would take the uh, the flight. Absolutely. Because first class on United is like 12, 12, 1500. Anywhere? Internationally? Yeah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Two thousand yeah, dollars for me to go to like Japan, but all of a sudden I'm in the bed. You know, what yeah. I'm on the, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm flying horizontal through yeah. the skies. So yeah, I would do that, and then okay. I would just pay for the restaurant food because exactly. that would be cheaper than. Well, the and food. I, w- I literally was thinking, I was like, usually, food in other countries is cheaper than usually. America. Like if yeah. you like, there was a one time it was four of us, and we went to Puerto Vallarta. Mm. And we we went into town and we ate at a restaurant and I think we all got like massive amounts of food. Yeah. And I think they said the bill and it was like $27 or something. So it was like it was like crazy. Yeah. And I was like they're like 270 pesos or yeah, something or 2700 pesos and we were like and we that's did, only $27. <laughs> like we did math and we were like I owe $5. What's happening? Yeah. And so we like tipped heartily because also best guac I ever had. Yeah. And she like did the hand smash of the table. Yeah. Good yeah. memories. But Good yeah, memories. I, I agree. I think the the best would be the because you could fly to Australia first class, which is expensive as fuck. You could go anywhere. Is Australia known for their food though? Their 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 food is more European style, right? It's American yeah. style. They don't have like a specific yeah. cuisine, do they? You gotta watch BuzzFeed Oz because Oh. Oh well Vegemite, I guess. They do. 
stuff. They try all the all the stuff and they talk about like <laughs> all their chip flavors and like everything. True, their snack like, game is pretty yeah. strong. And yeah. I'm like, I want to go to Australia. I've actually purchased snacks after watching oh their YouTube videos because I'm like, I want to know what that tastes right. like. And so I like head on over to Amazon and I buy like Australian snacks. But you can't just buy like a bag. That's the problem. You got to buy. Oh, okay. I was gonna say sometimes you have to buy like a yeah. box. And I'm like, well, that's disrespectful. There was a couple that were like, you had to buy like a case. And I was like, it's not. That yeah. Deep. Yeah. That's what I'm always worried about. Not that deep. Never paid $20 for gummies though. I mean, I do too, but they're edibles. So it was a big bag though. And it was, delicious. Oh, it was yeah. called a party mix. Every now and then when I go to Sprouts, they have bulk gummies. Oh, nice. And they have a five-flavor mix, and they have a 12-flavor mix. Nice. And when I tell you I purchase it by the pound, yeah, I will not be judged. I like gummies. Oh, I do. I put them in the fridge when they get mm-hmm. crispy. Not oh. crispy, but hard. No, I don't like I like that. a firm, because it's, it's hot like outside. It's hot outside. Well, if you're, yeah, if so you're I'm taking them cold. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, the backyard to sit down. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere. Oh my gosh. All right. So AAPI Heritage Month. Yes. Uh, mine's pretty short. I don't know what details you got. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? So Titty Shake. Let's get let's do some let's do a historical biography and then yeah. we'll talk about like our favorite spot. Because I'm just keeping it real in, cute and cash today. Yeah. Colorado. Colorado. So I wanted to talk about a woman who has made history by being the first female person of color to be elected in the U.S. House of Representatives. She served from 1965 to 1977, and her name was Patsy Mink. Patsy Mink. Fun name. It is, actually. Um, Mink night- eyelashes, by the way? Yeah. It's a good game. Good game. <laughs> so, I turned my iPad off. Oh, no. Um, in 1959, Hawaii became a U.S. state. Yep. Patsy knew that she immediately wanted to run for a position in government. She's over here. She's like, because honestly, I'll tell you this as a, as a, as a woman and then also a, per, a woman of color. She was like this new American government yeah. shit. We're going to come in here and ask the tough questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to ask them. <laughs> so unbeknownst to her, she would become the first woman of color elected to the House of Representatives and the first Asian American woman to serve in Congress. And this was in 1959 or did she make it in in like 1960 or something? Like 1965. That? 65. The first election it. year. Yep. Oh, God. That was right after the Civil Rights Act. Didn't JFK just get blued up, too? I think so. Wow, what a time for her to just step in. Yeah. The colored she, folks are here. She literally was coming in. She's like, I'm making moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bet all those white dudes were like terrified. Patsy entered the room and she said, swiggity swooty, I'm coming for that booty. <laughs> they were like, not a woman, not an Asian woman. <laughs> so Patsy was born on December 6, 1927 okay. in uh, Paia, Hawaii. You asked? I did. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's spelled P-A-I-A. Yeah. It, I'll tell you, I wouldn't have pronounced it paia. I would have now, but that's because I have over a decade of training. For I people. saw it and I said paia, and I said I know it's not paia, no, but it looks like paia. But no, I would have, I would have, I think I would have gotten paia because, because when you have friends that are from the islands of Waikiki, yes, they test you a lot. I literally came out of my office as a Hawaiian children. <laughs> Come, I summoned P A I A. Pronounce it. <laughs> And they were like, you dumbass, it's Paia. You're like, okay, No, well, they had to look it up. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because they are judgy. <laughs> they are. And if you don't put the right emphasis on, on the, the right, right syllable. They're real assholes. They are. So Paia is on the north side of the island Maui. Okay. I've been to Maui. It's right by next to the airport. Oh, okay. She was one of two children, and growing up, her father was a civil engineer. Nice. Okay. While attending Maui High School, Patsy uh, won her first election as class president. Oh, so she was one of them kids coming in hot. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. She then would move on to graduate high school as valedictorian in 1944. 
Damn. All right, that's nice. After high school, she attended Wilson College in Pennsylvania and the University of Nebraska, but she transferred after facing racial discrimination. Could you imagine? You're you you are born and raised on the island of Maui. Yeah. And then you go to the University of Nebraska? Is that the Cornhuskers? Yeah. She was asking also why the snow doesn't stick yeah. to the side of the cars. Yeah. The questions, I can't even imagine. Yes. So at the time, all <laughs> students of color were not allowed to live in the same dormitories as white students. Of course not. And around that time is when uh, Patsy was diagnosed with a thyroid condition that needed oh, surgery. Oh, no. Okay. So because of this, she decided that she would return to the islands of Hawaii. Yeah, you're not going to get good surgery uh, no. in, in Nebraska. No. Not because... Not because of the doctors, but because of your race. Yes. That's the only reason. Yeah. So she ended up going to the University of Hawaii. Okay, that makes sense. Hawaii. Rainbows. Yes. At this new school, she joined the varsity debate team. Of course she did. She came in hot in 1965. <laughs> Come on now, Miss Mink. And she was elected president of the Pre-Medicine Students Club. Okay. So she's like, she has a track history. She's, of she's like, one of those She's students. a leadership. Yeah, she's, she's definitely, a she's a natural she's born a leader. She's a leader. She is the emphasis of leadership. Yes. Yeah, she's just a natural born leader. She's doing debate. She's cussing you out as the valedictorian. Yes. She's Asian as hell and she's mad about it. Yes. <laughs> she, gra she, gradu it. she graduated uh, from University of Hawaii in 1948 with majors in zoology and chemistry. That's so much reading. So much. <laughs> so much studying. So much math. So much everything. I'm lazy. She applied for several medical schools after graduating, and none of her, her applications were accepted. You think it was the name? I don't know. It was her... Because mm. I do discriminate on name. Yeah, because her maiden name was Tak. Takemoto. Oh, so she had a very distinctly like Japanese sounding yes. name, and in the 1940s, and probably her full wasn't name was Patsy Matsu Takemoto. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she, yeah, so and then you're thinking, you know, post World War II, she's, yeah. they're not exactly happy to see yeah. a Japanese name. Yeah, that the struggle. Yeah. So she then decided, you know, self, I'm going to apply for law school. You know what, self, you haven't read enough. <laughs> zoology chemistry. chemistry let's just get a law degree let's just go for law which is literally nothing but reading about the past it's so <laughs> important but boring as fuck yeah. <laughs> and so she was accepted at the university of chicago law school okay now come on chicago they got they got more people of color there so yeah. she was probably like i could i could live here for a minute it's not where obama went it's not where Did the Obamas went no he went to harvard met but he, he did no, an he internship no, in I thought that Chicago. Was in Texas. That's where he and Michelle met. I thought Chicago. the internship was in Tejas. I thought it was Chicago. Maybe it was in Chicago. Is that how we got to Chicago? Mm -hmm. And then they just stayed there. They're like, you know what? We'll just take this over. They're in love. They are. She, yeah. Their she, story's great. I love it because she's very much just that woman who's like, you're a fucking nerd. All right. Uh -huh. Never forget, Mr. President. She was his boss. Always. He was the intern. And yeah, he no, was, and he came he in was late. late. <laughs> <laughs> Their story's cute. And she was like, I don't like you because you're late and I like uh -huh. timeliness. And then he wore her down. She with thought his... he was ignorant. She when said he she was a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> he walked in in his suit. And he, and he had thought his he was Harvard like, yeah. swag. And yeah. she was like, this little nigga. <laughs> I love them. Absolutely. So at the University of Chicago, she met John Mink, who was playing oh, the card okay. game Bridge at the International House. Playing some Bridge. That's cute. The two got married and lived in Chicago. Patsy graduated in 1951, but maintained her job at the Chicago Law School Library. So she she got her JD. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Doctor Patsy Mink. Sure did. That's too much learning. 
1952, the two decided to move back to Hawaii after the birth of their first child, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn! That's a fun name. Their daughter, Gwendolyn, grew up to be an author and a fierce advocate for women's issues. Always. Yeah, you're, you, you don't have a mom like... <laughs> like Miss Patsy? <laughs> you're just not... Doing not stuff? Not fighting the man? Absolutely. So while in Hawaii, Patsy registered for the bar exam so she can practice law in her home state. Makes sense. She passed the bar exam, but unfortunately was not able to find a job because of her interracial marriage. What year? Uh, 1952. Oh, this was before Loving versus yeah. Virginia. Wow. Isn't that wild? So much has changed since, like, right. literally 1950. Right. Well, and I, it, these stories are important, too, because I think a lot of people, they, they put certain ideas into boxes mm. so they see they see like interracial marriage and they think it's between only a black person and a white person or, no no but like this happened like she was a japanese woman married to a white, white man, man yep and people were not having they it. weren't having it yeah it's it's the term yes in america very much is black and white quite literally mm. when you think of the word interracial because our history is very black and white yes but then when you really get into it it's like non-white versus yes. white. yes <laughs> so exactly. anything that's non-white and white they had a problem with yeah. but i promise you if she had married a black man or something she would be in a much worse situation because it was 1952 but also i don't think many people would give a fuck she still wouldn't have gotten the job yeah you know yeah. and it wouldn't have been because of her marriage it's because she was japanese and she was married to a black man yeah god bless so she at that point says screw y'all i'm opening my own practice this is what i love about people who have changed history is at some point they're just like fuck it i'll do it myself yeah like <laughs> literally they just you have she's to. like so you won't hire me i'm gonna do it myself and then i'm gonna be better faster stronger yeah yep. <laughs> exactly. i love it i love it so she started her own practice and then she founded the oahu young democrats in 1954 damn so right after statehood mm -hmm. and then she's okay so they, they were like we're blue yeah thank you so much she was the first Japanese-American woman to practice law in Hawaii. Makes sense. She also began to work as the private attorney for the House of Representatives in that territory. For the House? Yeah. So the, so all the white men hired her as uh -huh. their lawyer? Come on, Miss Patsy. Come <laughs> on now. So when Hawaii became a state in 1959, um, Patsy immediately began to campaign to be elected as a congresswoman well when you look at that little like you just gave us a brief history and it's like quite literally everything she did was to set up to be a oh, congresswoman absolutely. for the state of hawaii like absolutely. her entire life was just like and this is what i do now yeah. like i don't even know what else she could have done yeah you have to go into congress yeah well that's what's <laughs> that's it's amazing. funny um because she be, she was the private attorney for the house of representatives in that territory mm -hmm. in 1954 and right. that house the, <laughs> they didn't even become a state no, it was five, five years. years before it was a state, yeah. And so she she was lining herself she, up. She, she, yeah, was, she was like... Because uh, also, don't they one say... One toe at a time. Those are the type of positions and fields where it's like who you know is important. Mm -hmm. And when you are the, the lead or sole attorney for representatives in the existing territory, yeah. when statehood comes around, you're going to be the first and only attorney yeah. that they even know. Yeah. Come on now, Miss Patsy. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> so the first, her first attempt at running was unsuccessful. Okay. But she made her return to politics in 1962 and won a seat in the Hawaii State Senate. Okay. She continued to campaign for a seat in the U.S. Congress even after the Democratic Party decided to support a different candidate. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1964, a second position was created in the U.S. House of Representatives. And with the help of her husband and quite a few unpaid volunteers. Hey. Patsy won a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, making her the first Asian-American woman to serve in Congress. That's amazing. I love that. As a congresswoman, she fought for gender and racial equality. Got to. 
affordable childcare. Yeah, that's that's why we need more women in Congress. <laughs> Bilingual education. Yep. And she became a supporter of Title IV. Don't know what that She was is. one of the authors and sponsors of the Title IV law that stated that no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in or denied the benefits of or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Which makes sense because yeah. she was discriminated against heavily strictly based on race and gender yeah yeah and so that sounds like title four sounds like the very beginnings of era which is the uh equal equal rights amendment yeah which still hasn't been amended america yeah. we technically do not have equal rights federally in this country yeah. just so we all know just so we all know <laughs> but title four sounds like the the first step to that so yeah. we wouldn't be where we are today without her yeah wow so while she worked in washington dc she also traveled back to hawaii every other week to make sure that she was connected to the issues. She wanted to make sure that she was connected to the issues and concerns of the Hawaiian people. Now, here's the gig. I think that that's something that should be mandatory. Yeah. If you're going to be a sitting congressional leader, House representative, or senator for whatever state or wherever you're from, you should mandatorily spend 75% of your time in your state solving problems. So that you can see the problems firsthand. Because you can't just stay in Washington, D.C. eating fancy salads every Tuesday. You got to come out here where we ain't got no water. Yeah. We ain't got no water. Yeah. Absolutely. Them's the rules. So good on be like be like Miss Patsy. <laughs> she successfully served on many committees while in Congress, and in 1974, she was able to pass the Women's Educational Equity Act. Nice to promote gender equality in schools. What year? 1974. Yeah, and that's when the family started to decline. <laughs> good for us. Recognized for her work, Mink was asked by the Oregon Democrats to run for the president of the United States. With the support of their party. So their focus on their focus on the anti-war movement attracted Mink, mm. and she decided to run for president. Is that Vietnam? Mm-hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, she only received 2% of the vote. Yeah. After this, Mink remained active in politi- politics and served as the president of the Americans for Democratic Action. Okay. So she also was, I think, the first, like, Asian-American woman to run for, the, for president. Probably, yeah. Wild. I wonder if she's the only. I, I don't know of any off the top of my head, but I would I would be interested to know if there were others. But she's right. definitely the first. That's incredible. So then, lastly, in 1990, Mink was reelected to Congress and served six terms in the House of Representatives. During this time, she also formed the Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus. Ah. Okay. In August of 2002, Mink was hospitalized for pneumonia. Mm. And a month later, Patsy Mink died in Honolulu, Hawaii. Due to the upcoming election, her name was still on the ballot in November even though she passed away a month before. She won the election by a landslide, but was replaced by Ed Case. After her death, the Title IV law was renamed the Patsy T. Mink Equal Opportunity and Education Act. I love that. Yeah, so that is Patsy Mink in a nutshell. Story's incredible. I guess she was kind of like, it was she was polarized in Hawaii. Oh, she has to be, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, some people didn't much care for her. Which is, um, I mean, you're going to be in politics. There's going to be people who are not going to like you. That's the name of the game. Absolutely. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about is she said 1974, she she passed or she worked on the women's equal education thing. Yes. The fun thing about the 1970s was that was also the decade that women, so women were finally allowed to go to school. Yeah. Basically, that was also the decade in which women were allowed to get uh like mortgages and credit cards and checking accounts without having to have their father or husband sign for them. Okay. So quite literally. She was one of the the first like Congress members to catapult women into not just equality, but like freedom. Yeah. Like the freedom of having your own checking account, meaning you don't have to be married. You don't have to have a husband. You're able to like earn money, save your own money, 
you're allowed to get credit. Like you yeah. couldn't do that. And so it was literally a couple years after she started equal education, women started going to college. Mm -hmm. Then a couple years later, we were able to get her own banking. So she, when you think of it in the grand scheme of women's rights and how things have moved through in this country, she literally catapulted us into the point mm -hmm. where like a person like me can go to college and own a home. Yeah. Would not have been able to happen without people like Ms. Cap yeah. Patsy. So that's that's incredible. Yeah. Good for Absolutely. her. Good for her. I love that. Well, you know, I'm not like Andrew. I didn't do no research. I said, you know what? Let me just pick two things that I love that are particularly Asian American heritage just rooted. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about a specific ocean marketplace. Oh. <laughs> oh, Palm is the greatest. I like to keep it local. All right. So Pacific Ocean Marketplace for those outside outside of Colorado or the, particularly the metro area. Yeah. Pacific Ocean Marketplace is a uh, just a big ass Asian mart, <laughs> and there's yeah. three of them. Now yeah. I thought if you guys have an H Mart in your city, yes, um, it's very similar to that. Similar, a little bigger though, right? It's way bigger because it's an international and market. Too. Yes, yeah. they have all ethnicities under one roof, and that's why I fucks with Palm. So Pacific Ocean Marketplace, I actually thought was a national chain, and okay. the reason I thought it was national is because it's so big. It is. There's so much product. Pacific Ocean Marketplace does specifically have, I mean, just go down the noodle island or aisle alone. And mm -hmm. it's like Korean, Vietnamese, Japanese. It's a lot of just all of your favorite uh, Asian and, and just, well, and then they have international. So then they have Jamaican and Caribbean and African. It's just, it's everything you need yeah. under one roof. So I actually always assumed it was nationwide, but come to find out. I learned a little something this past week. Okay. Pacific Ocean Marketplace is actually a Denver-born supermarket. Okay. Um, and it was started in 1988 by okay. the the Lam. I'm gonna say Lam, L-A-M. Okay. I'm gonna say the Lam family. Um, and the only reason I know that is because last week, in the last week of April, they actually sold Pacific Ocean Marketplace to a national grocer uh, called Great Wall Supermarket. So they okay. just got bought out, basically. Okay. Um, well, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't change. Yeah. It's sad that it's not denver owned and operated yeah. anymore but i hope i just hope it doesn't change because that's where i go to get my jamaican ginger tea mm -hmm. my indian japanese and jamaican curries because there's um, three different kinds it's they also have an entire hawaii island a whole island, island a whole aisle just for the <laughs> a islands hawaii of, yeah, island a whole just an island in the store uh, for hawaii. yeah the hawaii isle and it's like where we can I can get the stuff that I would normally go when we like go. the good pog. Yeah, I mean it's way more expensive. Yeah, the price but... is wrong, but you're paying. I mean, we're in a, we're in yeah. Denver. Yeah, they had to ship it here. Right. So it's so I just wanted to talk about Pacific Ocean Marketplace yeah. because it's it's local. It's obviously it was. I'm not sure if it will continue to be, but it was at one point Asian owned, at least up until mm -hmm. last week. We'll find out. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm just a fucking fan. Yeah, wanna... <laughs> spend a lot of time there. They got the boba cafe. <sighs> okay. They got delicious sweet treats. In store fresh made tofu, mm -hmm. which like sometimes if you go there at the right time, it's still warm and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fry that up. It's gonna be good. Also, for me personally, the vegetables are better. Yeah. So when you go to international grocers like Palm, one thing I really like is that, like, okay, in America, people will call sweet potatoes yams, mm -hmm. but yams are literally their own plant. It is yeah. a separate plant. It yeah. is very specific. It is grown in parts of Africa. Um, Usain Bolt says that the yams are what give him his speed, the Jamaican yams. Yeah. Uh, if you know your Kendrick Lamar, you know, yams are what gave Bill Clinton desires to cheat on his wife. Okay. That's the yam. Okay. All right? Yeah. So you can get a real yam at Palm. Yeah. And then also the quality is different. Like you it can is. get regular potatoes at Palm and it's like more potato-y than the potatoes you get at the grocery store. Does that? Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it tastes I'll, better. It tastes better. Yeah. And like I'll get my, like, I'll get my just regular garlic well, at Palm. 
that and then you can get like exotic fruits like they have lychee from time to time you can get the you can get stinky ass durian Uh you can get a whole jackfruit yeah you can get all the tropical fruits um like on a snowy day in denver still waiting for them to roll through with those hawaiian pineapples i don't think it's ever gonna happen they'll do it they'll do it again it's either that or they get such a small amount that it sells out yeah like rapid fire but i go there for the mangoes i got my mangoes Mm -hmm. um the garlic is spicier Even though it's fresh garlic, yeah, I just feel like it's like grown in healthier soil, so the food has more flavor to it. The snack aisle, <sighs> Andrew, just every the, chip just, known to man. They've got all the Japanese and, and Korean and Vietnamese and Indonesian candies, just candies. Yeah, shit, I've never seen or heard before. All the all the international Lay's flavors. Oh, they got the Lay's. I go there for my MSG. What you're not gonna do is shame me for MSG. I mm-hmm. fucks with MSG. That was white people trying to get you to stop eating Chinese food because they put MSG in it. But you know what MSG is? It's just a flavor amplifier. You Absolutely. put that shit in your soup and it's like a whole different soup. It is. It's just super salt. I get my dashi from the palm. Oh, I've been fucking with dashi because I'm veg- like I'm pescatarian. So yeah. I can't get that good umami without yeah. like pork fat or beef I fat or something. Dashi. I get my dashi at the palm. Do you get okay, so do you get the shrimp one or do you get the, the I get the uh, fish bonita. one, the bonito one. And it's bonito and mushroom try, and it's dried. Try the shrimp. We okay. we used the fish one for the longest time. Um, I, I use it specifically for like my greens and stuff. Uh-huh. So I don't think I would put the shrimp in it. But I like the flavor of the shrimp more because I, okay. I use dashi in um a lot of sauces that I make. Yes. Yeah. And it's the umami. The I don't know. I, I literally tried the shrimp when I was in Hawaii um mm. back in December. And the f- I don't like shrimp at all. Like I was shrimp about is to say, not do my you jam. Eat shrimp? Um, but <laughs> the flavor of the dashi is so much better than the bonita, uh, um, bonito, bonito, uh, dashi. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it okay. more, a lot more. I might have to try that because I, in the winter time, one of my, personal... actually I have a packet. I'll give you a packet. You oh, can try it. okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll try yeah, that. Yeah. Cause I do. I, you know me, I eat seafood and I fucks with shrimps. Yeah. Um, but I do, I like dashi to give me that umami flavor when I'm mm-hmm. making certain dishes. I'll put it in my like homemade, um, hamburger helper. Just because it adds that umami, meaty, I mean, it's usually mushroomy, but it's got that flavor to it that just really helps. So that's the Pacific Ocean Marketplace. It was Denver-owned, 1988. Mm -hmm. Been out in these streets just giving you spicy garlic and delicious yam. So get into it. Palm's delicious. Um, If you're like me, you're a bit of a foodie person, you got to go to the international and the Asian marts to get your cooking shit. There's nothing wrong with King Supers and Safeway, but like... Oh, and we didn't even talk about the spice aisle. The sp- okay, and that's where I get my MSG. But also, I go there to get my whole fennel seed because yes. I'll tell you what I'm done with. In that huge-ass bag yeah. for, like, oh. $5. It's like, no, it's literally, I think I got a 16-ounce bag. It was two ninety nine. It's so yeah. much fennel. I don't know. I will eat it. I put fennel in everything. <laughs> I fuck some fennel. But, like, when you start getting, like, um, when you start buying and grinding your own spices, when mm-hmm. you get to my level, <laughs> it's a different game that fennel comes in hot yeah you got to cut the levels by half because i love fennel yeah but I, when you start crushing it yourself with the mortar and pestle that's a strong yeah that's a strong flavor yeah. but yeah it's so because well, you're you're releasing all the oils fresh and they're not getting dried out and then i fry it in my tomato mm-hmm. paste with the oil so then it like infuses the oil then the oil infuses the fake meat yeah. all of a sudden i've got this delicious yeah. sausagey flavor going yeah. on mm. 
Y'all get it. You get it. This yeah. guy gets it. Yeah. But yeah, the spices, the um, I go there to get my bouillon cubes. Yep. Um, specifically the seafood ones. Okay. And there's one brand that I like. I believe I didn't it's even Viet- know they had seafood bouillon. They do. Cubes. I get the seafood bouillon cubes and I get this Vietnamese brand. And um the only reason I know that it's only seafood is because it's the only one that has the ingredients written in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the flavor is delicious. Yeah. I love it. Their bakery nice. is lit. They get the Japanese yep. breads. Um, so check out check out the palm. Now oh. let's get Another favorite place of mine is yes. the Bishop Museum in Oahu, Hawaii. And this is more of a story time with Mita, but I did do a little, I did a, a little Googles. Okay. So the Bishop Museum was founded in 1889 yes. um, by Charles Reed Bishop in honor of his late wife, yes. Princess Bernice Pauahi. Yes. That one? Yeah. Pauahi, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Somebody yell at me in the comments. Uh, Bishop. And she was the last descendant of the royal Kamehameha family. Okay. Um, and it was built on the original grounds of the Kamehameha School for Boys. Now, I will tell yeah. you that typically when you hear a school for some things, it's usually pretty negative, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to indigenous Americans, white people doing stuff in Hawaii. But I didn't get into the history of that. I just know that that's where the Bishop Museum was built. So now Kamehameha schools are, you have to be a descendant of the Hawaiian Islands to go to those schools. Good. I like that. I like that. And their education is is wild. Well, you like, have to learn native Hawaiian. Yeah. And then you got to be all smart and stuff. Yep. Their standards for education are higher than like the yes. US education system. Yes. So it's better. It is. It's highly recommended. Yeah. I wish black people. But like, yeah, it was like mandatory. You have to learn the Hawaiian language, which I think it's the only it's, way you're going to preserve it. Yep. Because especially Hawaii, it's so touristy. I think they should do it in public schools, but I think you should. I think we. I think if you go to school in the Dakotas, you have to learn whatever indigenous Native American languages yeah. were originally spoken in those yeah. in those states before Andrew Jackson murdered everybody. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my history. But anyway, Bishop Museum, just story time with Mita. So being blessed with all my friends from Hawaii. Yes. I will tell you this. I don't know how people go to Hawaii without crashing on somebody's couch or staying in an extra bedroom. <laughs> I don't. It does make no sense. Because I've looked at the hotels and I'm like, beautiful, can't afford it. Yeah. So I honestly don't think I ever would have gone to Hawaii without mm-hmm. having friends. I think we there. could afford a, like an Airbnb like studio. Yes, shared with many people. Yes. yes. But like, like four people in one yeah. room. But um, having friends, taking the extra bedroom, staying at your auntie's house, I... It, Hanging out with people who who are born and raised and live in live in Hawaii, just hanging out in the garage, having a cookout. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's like that. I felt like I was brought into the family. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Hawaii yeah. is like a it's like a second home to me. Yeah, it's not my home, but it feels like home. Yeah, because I'm always just hanging out at friends' house, yeah. eating papayas and shit. It's lovely. Yeah. So in your 20s, you know, everybody's hustling. You're not taking PTO because your friends coming to visit. Yeah. So there was a day uh, I had gone out a couple years ago in the middle of hurricane season. I yeah. literally landed in the middle of three hurricanes surrounding Oahu, and I thought I've never felt this much muggy air. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. Because when you think and about it, was it the summer too, right? It's like August. Yeah. Worst hot. hot, right? But also, like when you're coming from high elevation desert thin air mm-hmm. to sea level three hurricanes, you're just you're just underwater. Yeah. I don't have gills. Yeah. So I landed. I'm heaving and hoping. Can't breathe. Trying so hard to get yeah. oxygen to my brain. Yeah. So spent a week out there hanging with my girls, going to the mall. We're getting all the snacks. I never eat more poke than when I get there. I, we're going to the beach. We're just hanging out. And on one of my last days, my friend was like, oh, I have to work. What are you going to do? And I was like, I've been looking up the Bishop Museum. Is it lit? And she was like, yeah, girl. And I was like, can you just drop me off? And I'll just like yeah. be at the museum for a day. Yeah. So me to spent seven, eight hours at the Bishop Museum. Nice. Every museum, every every exhibit, I went through the entire museum. I read 
everything. Nice. The feathers, the tools, the boats, the families, the taro, how they make shit, the funeral shit, how they do, cl- fucking clue a pig. Everything. I'm yeah. reading. I went to the planetarium. I all watched the, the movies. All the beautiful feather <laughs> headdresses and capes. There's and... a whole room just full of gowns from the royal yes. family yep. and, and what the colors of the feathers mean and, and yep. why um, they have like, I forget what they're called, but they're like... Um, decorative like almost totem poles but it's like a stick and then it has a decorative feather thing oh at my the gosh. top. I, I don't have my phone i would look it up because i literally just looked it up yeah. uh because we watched mary monarch festival right, and i was right. like what are those called nobody knew yeah so i looked them up and now i don't remember it's so Uli? many no i think that's the little one that you that is yeah. that's the tap yep 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 this is not a visual medium but <laughs> i did make a noise <laughs> tap tap so what i will say is um I don't like the tourism in Hawaii. Yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. But I also know that it's like a very incredible part of the uh, economy there. So yes. I understand it's important. Yes. But going to the museum, you guys, just take a take two, three days yeah. of your vacation. Did you watch any of the movies? Yes. I watched the one. Did you uh, watched the Wayfinder one? Yes. Because it had it so just bad. come out when I went there. I want, we didn't have time to see it when I went mm. to the Bishop Museum. Because we were meeting somebody for lunch. And so it was like, we literally have like two hours. So yeah. I was like, I want to see everything. Yeah. And I was like... I'm coming back. Yeah, always, every year. So I'm like, oh, next time I'll just go. And the only reason I, I really wanted to go is they had a um, Polynesian tattoo exhibit. Yes, which I think is going on right now. It's right now, like currently on 2022. It, okay. I will say kind of let down. Oh, okay. It wasn't the great. It was nothing but f- like photography. Oh, there wasn't any like video or yeah, because yeah, you like to watch the tap tap. Yeah, well, I like that, to watch the tap tap. There was like a couple like video parts, but it was I don't know. I just I wanted more. Okay. It was just like pictures of like people and like their tattoos and. I mean, honestly, the work is. So but like, cool. I want to hear like I want to watch like a full documentary on like the yeah. history of like why this is important and why you. You would get think this they'd have and, like a video they played at the planetarium or something. Yeah, huh. you would think. Okay. But maybe they will over time. Maybe. Because that is one of the things. So, like, yeah, learning about that, learning about Polynesian history. Like, mm-hmm. you go to the Polynesian Cultural Center. It's beautiful. It's fun yeah. in all those ways. But, like, those are the type of things that I love about AAPI heritage. Actually, that's what I love about everybody's heritage. Every culture, every group of people, even yeah. the Europeans, they have yeah. a history. They have a heritage. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I'm envious of. I'll tell you two things I'm envious of that I cannot have that are directly correlated to the AAPI community. Yeah. Number one, I can't get the tap tap tattoos. I know. I want the tap tap. I love the style of the tattoo. I, I think it's visually stunning. I want like I a full leg. Yes. I want it down my sides. I when would never I, do it. When I, I can't because it's not for me. It's mm-hmm. not my culture. And I know that. I know the rules. Um, but it's so beautiful. I was I was trying to justify. I was like, I'm marrying somebody. And I was and like, maybe friends. after we get married. No, that's not how it and works. And I was like, no. no. I'm like, I am taking his name. Yeah, but we can't get the tap. I know. It's not for me. It's and I would us. feel weird giving it well then you'd have to explain it because yes. they'd be like oh well is that your family or what's your heritage yeah. and i'd be like nah i'm just yeah. black <laughs> yeah exactly but i like the tap it's a beautiful taps. style love it and especially and i like, want to do the traditional like, i want the tap taps yeah i want the tippy taps yeah um so people don't know is they usually take like a like a little plank and it has like a needle on the edge and they mm-hmm. dip it in the ink and then they literally tap it on your skin yes and each like dot that they do is like a tap so it's it's a it's it's deep <laughs> 
It's getting into the skin. Yeah. You're pushing the ink deep into the skin. I the needles are bigger. Very painful. The needles are much bigger yeah. because if you're doing it in, I don't know if the single tap is a rule or something, but you have to get it deep enough into the skin. Uh -huh. It's basically the manual. It's what all tattoos started off yeah. as really just yeah. the manual way. But when you look at the intricate designs of Polynesian mm -hmm. tattoos and the fact that like the warriors and the women, they all had them just like neck to ankle. And such straight lines. How? I don't know. I don't get it. That's I leave that for the artist. Because you, it's a circle that yes. you're drawing in a straight line. Because you're tapping in a straight line. Tippity tap tap. I don't get it. It's weird. I don't get it. It's beautiful. It's yeah. stunning. I'm very sad that I can't participate. Yeah. And then the other thing that I call them the auntie hats. So when you're watching Mary Monarch and you have mm -hmm. all the sophisticated ladies of the islands and they have those beautiful straw hats yeah. with like sometimes it's got the hawaiian um like the print like the the fabric print like you'll have the yeah. the, the local or textiles the feathers. and then they'll put a feather in their cap if they want i am so well, they have the bands that are made of feathers Fat and those are the fancy fancy yeah. ones. those are the auntie hats They're very yeah. expensive and i'm so sad that I can never wear an auntie hat. Why? Because it's not my culture. I do view that as a cultural thing. Okay. And I respect it, right? The same way yeah. I would hope somebody who wasn't black wouldn't wear an African print head wrap. Yeah. It's the same way I feel about the auntie yeah. hats. I respect it. I think it's yeah. beautiful. I would love to partake. Yeah. But also, that's for you. I'm just going to admire the work. I'm going to admire the art. Okay. But I can't take that. Okay. I can't take Fair. that. It, it, Fair. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, like, I like respecting cultures. Yeah. I don't want to, I can't take your culture. Yeah. I'm just black. Yeah. I'm just good old American black. Yeah. I just got fried chicken and greens. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just I'm just out here delivering all of the culture that comes out of the United States. Right. But I'm not gonna take your cap. When we go out, I always get um it's cause they have like good aloha prints. Yes. And then and you then have they like have the, the bad, the touristy ones. And I would say like in Hawaii, when it comes to fashion and stuff, you have like basically like Hawaiian couture. Yes. Is what is what I call yes. it. And then you have the touristy, it's sold at yeah. the ABC store. So being blessed with friends from yes. the islands, they're yes. like don't buy it from here. They tell buy you what's real. Yes. One. And that's like the authentic one. And one time I wore it out to lunch with my partner and he was wearing just like a regular polo and I was wearing my fancy, mm -hmm. my, my fancy Hawaii polo. And they, they, the, the waitress thought I was the local mm -hmm. and I was with a friend and I said, this pasty white skin, you know, I don't live here. No, he's allergic to the sun. <laughs> allergic. But thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I that's, love that's it. That's a compliment. I love it. So to wrap it all up, Yes. Uh, shout out to our AAPI brethren and sistren. Yes. Uh, those that I know and those that we don't. We love you. We're here for you. We respect you. Um, all the bullshit you've had to deal with over the past, the, the pandemic specifically. Wild. I'll fight. I'll mm -hmm. fight for you. I fight with you. I stand with you. Well, you let me know. The history. I mean, like, I was going back and forth. I want to talk about, like, the internment camps. And, See, and like, I did it. I, I, I wanted was to like, keep it ugh. positive. But it's it's a big part of Asian culture it's and Asian a, heritage. It's a huge part of any non-white culture in America. And the reason I didn't do it is because I feel like every time, every year when they have this, always negative. It's they always talk about the internment you camps, gotta, and there's always like education. We you got it. We can't let history die. Yes. But also, can we just talk about the auntie hats? And then I was like. <laughs> Miss Patsy over here make a move. Let's so. just talk about the because you gotta talk about the pros. There's always gonna be that dark history yeah. of what has been forced upon those groups of people. Yes. But then you know, there's always the positive of everything that they do and say and dance and Kalua Pig. Person mm. of color to be in the House of Representatives. Right. First Asian American woman to be in Congress. Come on now. First Asian American woman to run for president. First Japanese American to practice law in the state of Hawaii. Yeah. She was making moves. And I'm just lit for auntie hats and like, honestly, I miss Bamboo Subi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I miss it. 
I miss it so much. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Sip and Tea. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sip and Tea 303. And if you would like to follow me, you can on on Instagram at MVP Andy. And I'm on Instagram at Black Girl Jeeping. Jeeping. Gotta get that jeeping. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, yep. whether it's Spotify, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. You can find our bi-weekly podcast on all major podcast platforms. This has been so an MVP Podcast. Mind Village Productions.